0: A typical February Tuesday evening in Boston. Hard, wind-driven snow in the air, slushy sidewalks underfoot. But it was cozy and dry at Skeeter's Infield, my favorite hangout down the alley in the Financial District, halfway between my office in Copley Square and my empty apartment on Lewis Wharf on the harbor. Since Alex and I split back in September... I'd found myself stopping off at Skeeter's on my way home from work more regularly than was probably healthy. I'd had one of Skeeter's famous burgers and a stack of onion rings, and now I was lingering over a Sam Adams draft watching a college basketball game on the big television over the bar. Mick Fallon had taken the stool next to me. Mick was a hulking middle-aged guy, a giant of a man who'd once played power forward for the Detroit Pistons— one of the many ex-athletes I'd run into a few times at Skeeter's. On the other side of me, two pretty thirty-something loan officers in business suits and short skirts. Molly and Joanne, were their names, were sipping white wine and yelling at the television. Molly was the lanky brunette, and Joanne was the stocky blonde. Mick was leaning across in front of me explaining the pick and roll to the women, and I didn't notice when the two men in silk suits came in and took the stools down at the other end of the bar until Mick jabbed me in the ribs with his elbow, jerked his head in their direction and whispered, watch out for those two. Skeeter was standing behind the bar with his arms folded across his chest. Skeeter O'Reilly had been a reserve infielder for the Red Sox back in the early '70s. He was a tough little monkey who'd known how to take an inside pitch on the ass and steal a base, and he'd hung around baseball until he blew out his knee trying to break up a double play in the late innings of a meaningless September game that the Sox were losing by seven runs. One of the guys in the silk suits was bending over the bar toward Skeeter. "Oh, give me this crap, he was saying. Me and Pauly want a fucking beer. He looked to be in his late 20s, He had black hair and black eyes, black five-o'clock shadow and a big black mustache, with a salmon-colored necktie and a matching show handkerchief in his breast pocket. His thick, corded neck and bulky shoulders suggested a narcissistic devotion to nautilus machines. His companion, Pauly, could have been his twin, except he was clean-shaven and his necktie and handkerchief were turquoise. Skeeter was shaking his head. You better watch your language, Patsy, he said evenly. Anyways, you ain't welcome here, and that's how it is, and you know it. I don't want no trouble, and neither do you. So just get out, okay? What? said Patsy, jerking his thumb in our direction. You only serve hookers and washed-up old jocks. We ain't good enough for this dump. Skeeter shrugged. You better leave, both of you before I call the cops. Patsy glared at Skeeter for a minute. Skeeter stared right back at him. After a minute of that, Patsy glanced in our direction and grinned, as if he wanted to be sure that we were watching. Then he turned to Skeeter, nodded, and settled back on his barstool. No need for cops, he said. No hard feelings, huh? He hooked his finger at Skeeter. Come here, he said. I want to tell you something. Skeeter shrugged. He unfolded his arms, wiped his hands on his rag, and leaned across the bar toward them. Patsy smiled and patted Skeeter's cheek. Then suddenly his other hand shot out, clamped onto the front of Skeeter's shirt, and yanked the little guy off his feet, so that he was half sprawled on the bar top. Patsy shoved his face into Skeeter's. Okay, you little fuck, he hissed. Now you listen to me. Beside me I heard Mick growl, son of a bitch, and the next thing I knew he was looming directly behind Patsy and Polly. He grabbed each of them by the scruff of the neck, hauled them backwards off their barstools, and dragged them toward the door. Hey, Brady, said Mick. His voice was calm, but fury blazed in his eyes. Give me a hand here. Help me take out the trash. I got up, went to the door, and opened it. Patsy and Polly were both full-grown men, but Mick stood about six-seven and weighed close to two-eighty, and in his grasp they looked like a pair of plucked chickens being taken to slaughter by a big red-faced butcher.